Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, episode 35, Bruins Season Recap with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on our new home, the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink, and download the new Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website right on your phone. And now Smitty has a quick word from our new show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines up for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up at BetUS.com with the promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, that is BETUS.com and use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US, you bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. The season recap 107 points for the Bruins, fourth in the Atlantic, first wild card. And they lose in the first round of seven games to the Metro winner, Carolina. Um, and it was a season that started off slowly. Then they had the COVID issues throughout the team. Actually, David Pasternak was the only player, I think, to avoid COVID protocol all year. Um, and then they had some ups and downs and then got white hot start of the year. They were the f- fourth, uh, fourth best team, uh, from January one on, they battled through some injuries. It, it seems like the year was like the season was like two seasons long. It just seems like forever ago that the season started and they had those COVID issues in the beginning of the year. But at the end of the day, what did them in was exactly what we thought might do them in secondary scoring, you know, second line wasn't great with Haller at center, some defensive uh, inconsistencies. It was all sort of laid out there and, and the reason why they probably lost. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think you summed it up pretty well. It was, it did feel like two seasons. There was the, you know, pre-January one and post-January one. Uh, they seemed like entirely different teams in the early part of the season. And then, you know, after January one, I think the early part of the season, maybe it was some new faces trying to find guys, um, you know, get their comfort level to where it needed to be, figure out what roles the guys were going to play in, um, things of that nature. Hall kind of bounced around the lineup. Nosek bounced around. Felino bounced around. Forbert was kind of in and out a little bit. Um, so, you know, they had some things to kind of iron out early in the season. And then, you know, after the uh, after the first of the year, they kind of took off and, and were one of the best teams in hockey for, you know, a solid, you know, three, four months. Um, but then, you know, some of those secondary scoring issues and problems kind of reared its head at the worst possible time. The third line was great for a while. And then just before prior to the playoffs, they turned back into a pumpkin and they weren't good again. And that was a big part of the issue. We thought maybe going into the playoff series that that line would be a key. It was a key, but in the wrong direction. That line was terrible in the postseason. Um, the second line didn't really do much. Hala was great for three months there, but you know, as they got into the playoffs, not as not as good. So um, those those kind of issues that had been there all year long to kind of make a mistake, it ends up in your net. You know, all those things kind of reared its head come the end of the season and into the playoffs and ultimately led them to get bounced in the first round. You know, I guess at the end of the day, you are what you are, and, and that's who they were, and that's kind of who we thought they were. But we kind of hoped that they had were better now and and that it wouldn't be as bad and that they figured it out and that Hampus Lindholm was acquired. And, you know, they thought that maybe, like you said, Frederick Line and, and Coyle, um, Hall had a good year, 60 points, had a good couple of games in the first couple of games of the series, then teetered off. Haller didn't give them much. Um, Coyle was great in the home games, not so much in the road games. You know, it was kind of like it had been for much of the year. So I think it's a good lesson going forward that if you think you are who you are, typically you are. And I think that that's what, that's what we had with the Bruins. And let's also say that it was a bad matchup. I mean, it was. There's probably three other teams. There's probably Rangers, Pittsburgh, um, 
Washington, Tampa Bay, yeah. Toronto, Washington, that they could, that they would all pr- maybe beat. Like I, I feel like they could have beaten five teams in that playoff yeah. in that conference, but Florida, you know, in, in Carolina were the two teams that they really needed to avoid, especially early on. And there was no way to really to avoid it. And that's kind of what the downfall was. They played a team that they just didn't match up well with very good defensive team that, that really, sort of um, emphasizes your weaknesses in that secondary scoring. And they couldn't get much of anything from the, from the bottom three lines. Yeah. Secondary scoring and it, and it, and it was the four check too. how they, how they really pressure the puck hard. And, you know, McAvoy is great at getting the puck out of the zone. Lindholm is, but he, you know, he got dinged up. So he missed a little bit of time. Grizzlick was hurt. So he usually good at it, wasn't good at it, hasn't been great in the postseason. And then there are other guys really aren't good at it. Um, Forbort's not, that's not his forte. Uh, Clifton, you know, is a fringe NHL guy who, who actually had a pretty good postseason, I would say. Um, but overall, that's really not, not, what they, um, not what they can do. And Carolina exposed that. You know, going back over the course of the season, like they weren't as bad as they were early in the season and they weren't as no. good as they were uh, prior to January 1. So it, it, it kind of fell somewhere in between and, and maybe some of that early season difficulties kind of cost them a spot a little higher up in the division where they could have avoided the wild card and could have avoided either a Carolina or a Florida or something like that where they may have had a better shot. So some of those early season games, you know, come back to bite you when you, when you, uh, you know, are trying to advance in the playoffs. Yeah, because the path matters. I mean, we've seen yeah. it before where in 19, they had a, they had a favorable path. They did. Right it, everything kind of fell pro- right. perfectly for them. Right. And that mattered. I mean, that, especially if you, if you, you're not sure how good you are, it does matter when it comes down to that. Like in 13, I would, I would even say that the 13 team was the best team out of all of them. Even the cup winning team and 13 team was a, was kind of a wagon mm-hmm. and, and they, they lose to another wagon and the Blackhawks in the sixth game of the Stanley cup final in 19, that 19 team is not as good as the 13 team or the 11 team, but they make a run because they get a favorable matchup. Um, and the changing in format has not been kind at no. least this year to them, you know, and having to play the, you know, the Metro winner and then, or, or you have a division that's really stacked in Florida in there is, is not, a great thing, especially when Florida is really, really good. So yeah, I mean, path does matter and, and it mattered here. And, you know, I, I really w- was hoping that they'd get Tampa in the first round. Cause I really thought this year they'd beat Tampa, but um, you know, Carolina wasn't a good matchup. Uh, all right. Seven chirps time sponsored by Lops brewing Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island specializes in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. You can use the coupon code sports to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and follow them at lopsbrewing for new beers and events. Chirp number one, we're evaluating Don Sweeney. How much blame does Sweeney deserve? I think he deserves a, a good portion of the blame. He's the one who set the team up. He's the one who signed some of these guys to contracts, Felino being one who was a huge disappointment. I was on board with the signing originally, um, and it just didn't work out, just didn't pan out. He, he w- was never good. Uh, he didn't add anything. He didn't produce, uh, and they paid him a pretty good ch- chunk of change. Um, he didn't address the left shot D move prior to the season that hurt them early in the season. Um, he didn't uh, right-handed defensive depth beyond Connor Clifton wasn't there. Like they had three guys, like everybody was talking about left. You need a, a top lefty. Well, you needed right defensive depth and it showed, I mean, he got Brown late in the season, but you know, Brown's a jag. So, you know, some of those issues along with the drafting and development part have always been there. It's always been there. That 15 draft is going to haunt this team for years because Mm -hmm. they missed on guys right around where they picked who are Mm all-stars, all-star caliber players. So uh, unless Jacob Zaboral in the next few years, I mean, they signed him to an extension, unless he turns into, you know, an all-star caliber defenseman, that draft is an enormous, enormous whiff. Uh, mm-hmm. DeBrusque is what he is. He's a 
ish goal scorer who's inconsistent, who goes, who is streaky. So, and he's not happy. Uh, maybe right. he's happier. Sweeney said, we'll see. We'll see if he stays or if he goes, but, uh, you know, a lot, all of those things have been there all along. And I don't think he did enough prior to the season starting to address some of the problems that the Bruins had. And I, I agree. And I think that, like you said, right shot, when Zaboro went down, that really made you sin on the right shot, right side. Uh, well, he's a left shot, but he plays yeah. right side. You know, so it, it really left you thin there. Josh Brown was not, I mean, a depth guy, but he didn't even, I mean, Jared Tenorti was a better depth guy than that guy. I mean, he didn't even play in the playoffs, Brown. So it's, you know, and people were clamoring for his physicality and stuff, but what they don't realize is that the guy just really can't play. So if you keep putting him out there, it's a complete disaster. I mean, he played that one game in the in the playoffs where the I guess he played one game in the playoffs and he had that 33 seconds into the period when they started him they started the start of the second period yeah. for some reason and they the pucks in the net immediately and that should tell you everything you know about that one um I thought they needed some depth if you look across the board though in the trade deadline you had Andrew Kopp you had Rackle those guys are gone already eliminated <laughs> You didn't have a lot of movement in that regard, I guess. Well, Cop no went to the Rangers, so, so they're still going. Cop went oh, to the, the Rangers, Rangers so, so he's Kopp's, still. But Rackle's yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh, that was a guy that we've looked at as maybe a guy that the Bruins should get. So I don't know. It's 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 difficult to, um, you know, Sweeney is not as bad as people think, and he's not great either and does deserve some of the blame. That draft in 2015, if – Depending on what you get for DeBrusque, if you don't get a ton for DeBrusque, then you're looking at the only guy is Zaboral out of that group coming off of ACL injury seven years later and you have nobody from those three picks is is kind of a disaster. It is a disaster. So, so you're right there. And they had it was a that was a loaded draft too that you that you needed to kind of hit. Yeah, I mean Matt Parzal and Kyle Connor were right there. They were right, right there. And then you had guys yeah. further down like Aho who right. beat you. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, but yeah. if you just go strictly by central scouting and what was, right. like, everybody was like, oh, Con- right. Connor, Barzal. Like, they'll go, you know, Zaboral was a high-ranked guy, so if you he go, was. you know, Zaboral, Connor, Barzal, like, boom, boom. Yeah. You're, you go. you're in pretty good shape for yeah. a long time. But they they dangled off the board for Sinitian. Yeah. And they took DeBrus kind of where, you know, yeah, DeBrusque was a reach, but not he bad. was in that he was in that area. But yeah. so, but so were and Connor Sinitian and Barzell. Sinitian was out of bounds. And even when yeah. even when he was picked, the analyst was saying, Well, there's questions about whether this guy would be an NHL player. Mm-hmm. And here we are, he's not an NHL player. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get to the five game conditional where he had to get to five games, I guess, for the Bruins. To get something out of there, another something. I don't know what it was. Oh, out of Ottawa, or something. Yeah, from Ottawa. Well, they probably did that on. Pur- they, they probably did that on purpose. But, yeah, he but. played four. Yeah. Um, all right, chirp number two. Evaluating Bruce Cassidy. How much blame does Cassidy deserve? Uh, I think he deserves some blame just for the way the team started the season. It didn't seem like they were ready to go at the start of the year. Um, so I, I think that's. I think that's a problem. I think. Um, maybe in season adjustments, I think was a problem. They waited a really long time to go, uh, to shift Pasternak down to the second line fans, media, uh, basically everyone that watches hockey in the Boston area has been clamoring for that for a long time. Uh, when David Krejci was here and if, and if they had done it when David Krejci was here, you might not have a hole at second line center now. Cause he might still be here playing he with the Bruins yeah. because yeah. he would have had Pasternak that whole time. And Pasternak, Krejci, and Hall, what the short time, uh, or Krejci and Hall, the short time they were together, developed a little bit of chemistry. It seemed like they so. Did. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a fault. That's a miss, uh, or a second guess that you could make. Um, the power play, you need to make quicker adjustments on that. I think it struggled mightily towards the end of the season. What are we doing? Pasternak's not in, and we're 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 playing the same way. It seemed. Uh, entries were terrible, you know, so some of that stuff, I think you can second guess, but overall, I mean, the guy has gone to six straight playoffs. He's, uh, what set a record for point percentage for mm-hmm. the first six, six years, years with a team or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, six, I mean, above. yeah, I mean, it's, he's, he's good. You know, there's some second guesses there, but I don't really think he's the problem. 
No. And they're a pretty resilient group who keep bouncing back. And some of that's the leadership, but some of that has to be Cassidy too. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, there's some things about Cassidy, you know, the power play, stubborn, you know, stubborn yeah. with the entries, uh, stubborn about Parsonak, like you said. Um, I think they should have gone to Parsonak to that line as soon as they got Hall and, and, you know, did that thing. But, you know, for the most part, I think that Cassidy has done a pretty good job or, you know, a really good job with, with this group. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Uh, chirp number three, Brad Marchand mentioned a hip injury that might require surgery this summer or next. How concerning is this? Yeah, that, that worries me because he's yeah. getting up there in age. A hip is skating, skating. Yeah, like he needs that. Pivoting. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. pretty important in a game that you play on ice. And that that's, you, and that's his game is darting and stopping and spinning. And right. I mean, a lot of his deking and, in that, and, and shedding himself with defenders is that very thing. Yeah, so it's, it, it, yeah, it is. And it's, uh, it's concerning for sure. Uh, not to mention that he has a shoulder too. Um, so, and he's getting up in age. So those are all kind of problems. Um, but these people out there saying like, if we, if we, if Bergeron doesn't come back, that we should consider trading Marchand is absolutely ludicrous. That's ludicrous. You, you, can't you, you can't get a player of his caliber at his cost that produces like he produces on both ends of the ice. You just can't. Bingo. So Bingo. <laughs> if, 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 you're, if you're trading him, what are you getting back? That's like trading Bingo. a dollar and getting back like a, a, some dimes. Yeah, that's like, the trade, type of trade that, that would hurt you. That's the type of trade they made for Joe Thornton. That the right. guy had 1,100 points somewhere else. Right. And you got back guys who didn't last on the team more than a few years. Yeah. So yeah. let's let's think twice and, and maybe think about that a little bit hot, longer and harder before we we're trying to yeah. deal off the guy who's, you know, if Bergeron goes, is probably going to be the next captain of the team. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. And that's the very first thing I thought of, too, is... He makes what six whatever million. Yeah, it's like six and a, six and a half. Yeah. He, he his type of player is like nine million dollars right now in the league. Yes. So if you trade him, you got to in order to replace more than a point per game, you have to get a guy and pay him nine million dollars. So that's when you don't have the cap room, or is that that? And that's a terrible move to make right now because you don't have the cap space and you have a lot of people locked up at high price. It's just not going to work and. You have six teams to send him to, right? Because it's a six-team trade list. Yeah. Now the year after, if you have a bad year and you want to seriously consider it, where you could trade him to half the league when he has a fifteen no trade, then you know maybe you explore and see what is out there. But again, you can't get his caliber player for six million bucks. No, and you get a yeah. guy. You get a guy who's who competes. You get a guy who penalty kills you get a guy who you know does all like right you're, you're not guaranteed to get a nine million dollar guy who's going to compete like he competes no like he sets the tone for the team in the compete level department him and him on the front end and probably McAvoy in the back end no doubt. um it, along with Bergeron obviously but mm -hmm. um you know if Bergeron's gone it's him so who's who's gonna who's gonna set that tone who's who's gonna be the leader of the forward group if he's gone Charlie Coyle Right. I mean, the guy Taylor disappears from, for months. Taylor Hall no. disappears. Like right. Eric Halla, like those guys, Pasternak, like he floats yeah, he around. He takes one-timers. Yeah. Like right. he's, not a, he's not a grind in the not corners, you know, no. throwing hits, setting the tone guy. No. He doesn't penalty kill. Like, no. come on. Nope. No, I, I, I'm with you. I just think that that's not the move to make. That, that's a complete rebuild, which, A, the Jacobs family doesn't want and no. won't allow. And B is just a really bad move because you don't know what you're getting in return, and you're you're only you're only uh, freeing up six million bucks. Right. You can't. You don't have the money to bring it. Bring the talent back. The contract's um, too good for for them to is. to move it. It is even at his age. Yeah. Even, he's still more than a point per game player. Yeah. I mean, turning thirty four. Like he's, Christ, he is. He's one of the best left wings in the league and probably the best complete left wing in the league. Right. We thought he'd be a hard candidate before the suspension. Yeah. For God's sakes. Yeah. It's six million bucks. Right. Um, all right. Chairman number four, David Parsonak is playing for Chechia in the world championships on the line with David Krejci. Do you think there's any way Krejci comes back this season? I hope so. 
<laughs> I, may, I hope they so. They may have to. They may have to go that route. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't he play for honestly. Anyways. Honestly, I don't think he will. Uh, I think. I, I think, think he's he done. I think he moved his family back home, and I think he's going to stay there. I mean, he's yeah. he's playing hockey. There's not as much pressure. He's still getting to play at a pretty high level. He's yes. excelling there. Um, there's really no reason for him right. to come back other than to win a cup. And no. if unless they can prove to him that they are going to be a legitimate cup contender. I don't see any way why he would, he would do that. Hopefully Pasternak no. can get in his ear and be like, Hey, we could play together. You know, we have hall. It will right. be great. And Jeez, he can talk him into it. Uh, I hope, I hope so. I hope he, I hope right. he does. I hope he talks him into it, but I, I think it's very, very unlikely. I mean, I think the only, I really think the only way you could convince him is if Bergeron comes back for one more year and you could sell that. You guys could play one last year together. You can play with Hall and Pasternak and we can make a go of it one last time. But if Bergeron leaves, I don't think, I mean, I just, I just don't think he'd come back for a team he wasn't sure was at least contending for the cup number one. And like you said, he's been home with his kids there and everything. He's back home. He wanted to go home. He played well there. You know, I just don't think at his age, why would you do that? Like, why would you come back and be away from your family probably for a whole season and do that again when, frankly, I don't think he, I don't think he was sad to leave. <laughs> like, if it's pulling at his heartstrings, I don't, I think he was kind of miffed at not being able to have a winger and all this other stuff. And I just don't think he, I think he definitely was excited about going home. So I don't think that's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, chirp number five. Your gut feeling on Patrice Bergeron? Um, it's changed like six times for me in the last like six days. That's why I took a deep breath there because it it has really changed for me. I initially going into the playoffs, I was like, he's coming back. Mm -hmm. I think he's coming back. I thought so too. And then watching the end of the series, um, I'm not so sure. And then watching his post-season uh, press conferences and the press conferences of the other guys on the team who mm. were almost to the point of tears. Right. It seems to me that he's probably not coming back. Um, but I'll hold out hope. I'll hold out hope. I'll yeah. light a candle, keep it in the window. <laughs> we'll pray. Uh, burn some incense. Yeah, burn some yeah. incense to St. Patrice. We'll pray. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he'll come back for at least one more kick at the can. And uh, hopefully uh, they can surround him with some uh, with some better talent. I think right now his decision is he's retired in his head and is just waiting for that spark to make sure that it's that he's not going to miss it too much. Or if he gets steps away from it, I think he's giving himself that chance to say, OK, I don't want to do this too soon type of thing and then come back, you know, a month later into the season or something like that and look wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. I think that Patrice is very professional and classy and wants to do it and do it right. I think in his mind, he's like, okay, I'm done, but let me just see it through. And the problem is in some way, it's not to the Bruins advantage the longer he waits. It isn't, but they did say, Sweeney did say that Patrice wouldn't put them in a position where it would affect things that they needed to do if okay. he was um, to not come back. So okay. it sounds okay. like, um, you know, they'll give him however much time he needs, but it sounds like they've had conversations where Patrice has said, you know, I won't um, jeopardize what you guys need to do you know, if I, in fact, do, do not come back. So okay. all right. well, we'll see. I'm, I'm holding a hope as well. Yeah. Um, all right. Chirp number six. What is Jake DeBrus trade value now? I think we've had this in the chirp six or eight times this year. What is it now? Uh, hopefully, it's, hopefully it's a center. Uh, if he wants to go, they need a center. They need to get a center in return. It's easier to find wingers. They have Fabian Lysel possibly waiting in the wings there. Um, yeah. Georgie Merkulov had a pretty good showing uh, in, with Providence, uh, the kid from Ohio State. So they have uh, the possible Mark McLaughlin too. So they have some guys maybe who could step in in the wings. So if you're trading DeBrusque, you need to find a center. 100%. You do. Needs to be a center. Preferably yeah, a, yeah. Top, <laughs> a top six center. I don't think you're not going to get a number one center for Jake DeBrusque because, they, they, first of all, people aren't trading number one centers. No. Um, 
and then nope. and then secondly, I don't think his value's that high. Um, no. But it might be high enough if you possibly include something else in there to get a, a legit, you know, top six center. Right. I just hope that some of me, some a part of me thinks that you're getting maybe a malcontent as well, or someone will change the scenery, which you never know with those guys. I mean, you're getting a legit guy who's going to come in here and produce. Um, I still don't know what the league thinks of him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it is, I don't know. It, it's a very slippery slope. And I think that's why it's taken so friggin' long to do something about him. Yeah. I mean, maybe, um, maybe you get a guy like Shifley from Winnipeg who, who, you know, had a, had a, had, you know, he's a center. He produces offensively. He's horrible defensively. So that might yeah. be something that the culture here could correct. Maybe not though. Um, not. But, but that might be a guy, you know, obviously you'd have to include more than just a brusque, but if yeah. you could maybe get a guy like that, you know, then that might solve your center problem, you know, down the road as well. Yeah. The other thing you lose with Bergeron, if he leaves is one of your best penalty kills. Absolutely. So that's not great either. No. Um, all right. In chirp number seven, Johnny Beecher and Jakobs Borrell extended. Do you think they were good deals? Yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to extend Beecher because you yeah, haven't seen him at the pick. NHL level and he was a first round <laughs> right. pick. So if you don't yeah. extend him, you, yeah, I mean, you basically lit your first round pick on fire and, yeah. and right. You know, kiss it goodbye. Uh, the Zaboral yeah. thing I liked, I, I was in favor of them resigning him. I thought he was good. Uh, this year before he got hurt, uh, kind of a freak thing. Um, you know, he, he was rated highly in the first round for a reason. He has some, you know, he's not a huge guy, but he's, you know, he's over six feet. He, he plays physically. He has some good offensive instincts and skill. So, you know, I, I think it's a win-win, you know, a two year deal, just over a million, you know, I think he'll fill in nicely, hopefully within their top four, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and I like it too. And I like the Beecher. Anytime you get a guy, young guy, under a million per year for three years, that's a good deal. And then and then Zaboral at 1.1 for a couple of years, former first-round pick. If he plays well, stays healthy, that could be a really good value. Uh, all right, we're going to play a little game called Win, Lose, or Draw. I told Smitty about this earlier. Haven't told him the parameters or the theme at all. Here's Here is the game, okay? Don Sweeney trades... From 2015, when he became the general manager, to now, you're going to tell me: Is it a win? Is it a loss? Is it a draw? Okay, I like this. Right. Let's go. Okay, here we go. 2015, his very first trade is a doozy. Uh, June 25th, 2015, the the uh, Colorado Avalanche acquire Carl Soderberg, the angry Swede, one-eyed angry Swede. Yeah, and the Bruins get uh, 2016 sixth-round pick that becomes Oscar Steen. At 165. That, that is an L. That is an L. That's a lose. That okay. is a lose. And if Oscar Steen becomes something, he's on, a, he's on a one way right now, so he has to become something now, or he goes through waivers. Becomes something, maybe that changes, but right now that's an L. Soderberg yeah. actually had a 20-plus goal season with with Colorado after he left. He had yeah. some good years with Colorado, and then I think with St. Louis as well. Uh, right. After that, okay. yeah. so he he's been he's been a pretty good NHLer, and Steen hasn't proved anything yet. So that's that's an L currently. Yeah, for sure. All right, next trade: uh, the Flames acquire Dougie Hamilton. The Bruins acquire the 20, 2015 first round pick, 15, 2015 <laughs> second round picks, 45 and 52. So a first and two seconds for Dougie. Well, Dougie didn't want to be here. Uh, On the surface, this isn't a bad trade. It's you not a bad trade. Pick, you get another one back, and you get two second rounds. I would say um, it's an L because, because <laughs> the first round pick is <laughs> pretty good. Because the first yeah. round pick, he yeah. absolutely botched. Yeah. Uh, I would say it would be a draw. Otherwise, I mean, Dougie didn't want to yeah. be here, so you got a decent amount in return for him. But they, yeah. but they failed on the pick. So, right. right. So it's, it's an L. A, on the surface, it's a slight loss. Yeah. It's like, because you're going to lose that because Dougie is better. Yeah. And the value is, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's a good offensive defenseman. Yeah, he is. You know, he is, but he's, he was a dank and he didn't want to be here. No. So you have to get something for him. So they did okay with the return. Here's the problem. That turned into Zach Sinishin, Jakob Fuzbekas Carlson, <laughs> and Jeremy Lozon. Three guys you don't have. Right. You don't have. You don't have. So that's a lot. It makes it, it makes it a complete loss. Complete loss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next pick, <laughs> the Kings acquire Milan Lucic 
and retain 2.75. They give up Martin Jones, Colin Miller, and a 2015 first-round pick number 13 that turned into Jakob's Borrell. I think this was a decent trade only because Luch was at the end of the line. He was. He wasn't playing as physically, even though everyone's clamoring for him. He does. He was not playing that way when he left. No, he Sorry, was not. Sorry, people, you don't remember. He was not. He, he, he was not. He was looking for his contract. He got the big contract, and then he said, F you. He, he, thought, he, he, he thought he was a goal scorer, and he stopped right. hitting. He stopped doing it. Instead of being Cam Neely, he turned into a guy who was just out there trying to score goals. Right. Right. And so, so I'm gonna call I'm gonna call that a draw because they did get back uh, some decent stuff. They turned Martin Jones, I believe, into a first rounder, if I'm not mistaken. They did. It's coming. Okay. Did. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna yeah, go. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna a slight win. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go draw. I'm gonna go draw because <laughs> still, they, they the that first round they they didn't do well. So I'm going okay. draw. So right now he's o two and one. O two and one. Uh, next one. How about this one? <laughs> The Bruins, the Bruins acquire the 2016 fifth-round pick. Minnesota Wild acquire the 2015 fifth-round pick. So they basically get out of this draft to get to the next one. And it seems like a nothing deal until you see who the Wild pick in it's the fifth round. Kapril Kaprizov. Yes, I knew this. That is a gigantic hell. <laughs> he was there for you to take, and he would have solved a hell of a lot of problems. You, you can't. Lose more than that one. Nope. Oh, 03 and one. Three and one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, how about the next one? Oh, 04 and one. The Zach Ronaldo <laughs> is acquired for a second rounder <laughs> or a third round. Okay. Third round. Yeah. Who I don't even know, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The third rounder. Zach- I'd rather have passed on the third round pick. And not picked anyone. Yeah, you could have gone Minnesota Vikings there where you forgot to put the name in. (laughs) And you would have done better than giving it up for Zach Ronaldo. Absolutely. Zach Ronaldo. So 04 and 1. All right, here's a, here's a good one. Here's here's your first win, I think. The Sharks acquire Mountain Jones, like you said, uh, for Sean Corrali and the pick that got Trent Frederick. Okay, yeah. So that's a win because because Mountain Jones – as much as people want to say, especially I think early that season, like he had mm-hmm. some good games, uh, yeah. I believe for them early in the early in the season or that year, he was pretty good. Um, yeah, he's he's terrible. He's not any good. And you had Coralia for a long time, and he was a good uh, a good player for you. He scored some big goals, especially in the playoffs. So uh, that's definitely a win. Yeah, win. So one one four and one there. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, this one. Not so great. Florida, Florida Panthers acquire Mark Savard's contract, four million bucks, and Riley Smith for Jimmy Hayes. Yeah, that's a that's an L. That's an L. Even yeah. though not as bad of an L because you did rid yourself of that contract from Savard, uh, but Riley Smith is a far better player. But you could have, you couldn't you have just kept Savard on like long term injured reserve and and not had to deal with that I, like cap wise. I thought so, but I yeah. think wasn't this must have been a Florida trying to get to the cap floor type of thing? Maybe probably. Yeah, I, no I can't remember it. But I thought you could long term. I thought he was actually a long term reserve for a while. But a certain amount. I don't think you can do all right. Oh, I'm, I, I, do all I don't. I don't know how that works. Yeah. But either Definitely way, giving up giving up Riley Smith for um, the corpse that was Jimmy Hayes. Yeah. Uh, not good. Not that's not good at all. Um, all right, Carolina Hurricanes acquire Anthony Kamara, long a long time AHLer, uh, 2016 third round pick. 2017 fifth round pick for John Michael Lyles. Remember him? That's <laughs> a that's a draw. <laughs> that is a draw. That's uh, no one matters. No, exactly right. No one matters. John Michael Lyles no. was like 145 years old when he was on the he was. team, wasn't he? Was he, he like like 18 games? Wasn't he like 38 or something? 42. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he stinks. Yeah, he. So that, he, so what are we at? Oh, five and two. And Jack Dugan with the two picks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, super. That's a, that's a, Oh, five a and two. Oh, five and two. All right. Devils. Oh, sorry. Acquire, no, one, five and two. One, five, oh, one, and two. five and two. Right. Yeah. Uh, Devils acquire Evan Cormier, uh, fourth round. I'm sorry. 2016, fourth round pick and a 2017 second round pick for Lee Stepniak. Uh, that's an L. And the reason yeah. is because Lee Stepniak was in the Bruins, uh, like training camp or whatever. And they decided right. not to sign him. He signed right. with the Devils, had a good year, and then they traded for him. Right. So he was with them early in the season, and they could have just signed him to a deal 
and then they wouldn't have had to trade a second round a pick. Second round pick, yeah. which is Mario Ferraro, who's now with the San Jose Sharks for the last three years as a defenseman. Not great, but he's played the last three years, full seasons. So you had a guy under your nose, right? Let him walk, mm-hmm. and then traded for him right. later in the you season. Let him go in training camp. Yeah, and you traded for him. Traded later. for him later in the season. Yeah, that's an all. That's an all timer. Right that's, that's a that's bad. a bad L. Yeah, one six and two. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next one is uh, uh, just a couple of minor ones. We'll skip those. All right. W- Winnipeg Jets acquire the fifth round pick in 2018 for Drew Stafford. And Stafford was actually decent in that first round of the playoffs. He had four goals. Uh, no, he had two goals in the playoffs. He had four goals in 18 games at the end of the year. He was actually decent, but he wasn't resigned. It was a pure rental, and they traded a fifth round pick. That's a win. Yeah, that's a win. I mean, I would you, say- you want to get. Those are wins if you're getting rentals who produce something. Right. Uh, Rangers acquire Rob O'Gara in a third round pick in 2018 for Nick Holden. That's a that's a win. Nick sure. Holden's still in the league. Yeah. No, that's somebody. That's why. I mean, Rob O'Gara is an alt- I mean, is an HL or never played, and they yeah. they picked Joey Keane. <laughs> You know, I don't know from Stone. Joey Bag of Donuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's a uh, that's a win. Yeah, that's a win. All right, draw. two two wins. Or you call it a draw? Yeah, yeah. Let's call it a draw. All right. So we're. Uh, I think that we're is one seven and no. I think one, we have two. I think we have two wins. We gave him a wins. win for the uh, for the Stafford. Oh, Stafford. Yeah. Okay. Um, Florida Panthers acquire Frank Vitrano for a third round pick in 2018, which ended up being Jakob Lauko. L. L. I'm not a big fan of Vitrano, but he's in the league right now scoring meaningful goals, and Jacob Lauco can't get in the fucking top six with Providence. I know. And, and we've heard all this stuff about Lauco the last couple of years, and he's now flatlining like Mr. Studnika. Mm-hmm. So it's getting That's an L. to that point. V- Vitrano's in the league because he can the shoot the Rangers, puck. <clears throat> the Rangers traded a fourth-round pick for Vitrano this year, and the, and the Bruins got a third, but I think that's still an L because he scores double-digit goals. Yeah, I mean, I he could shoot. Either. He could shoot really the puck. Awesome. I don't think he's any good at anything else, but he could shoot right. the puck. So, like, yeah, you yeah. put him in the right spot, and he can he can fire the puck. He can score some goals. All right, better than uh, Lockos doing. Rangers acquire Matt Pileski in half a salary. Ryan Spooner, Ryan Lindgren's signing rights, a 2018 first round pick and a 2019 seventh round pick for Rick Nash in half of his salary. That's a tough one. I'm going because Bleski sucks. Spooner sucks. Uh, the first round pick is Jacob Bernard Docker. I have no idea who that is. And then the seventh round pick. So it's really lingering in the first round pick for Nash. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go draw there because I right. at the time. Well, so at the time, I loved it. Right, I loved it. I did too. And but Nash <laughs> with the concussion stuff, it just never. Uh, right. It never panned out at the time. So I'll say at the time, it's a win. Now it's an obvious L because Lingren is anchoring. He's pretty good, yeah. He's anchoring the defense. He plays, I believe he plays with Fox, and he's he he's a yeah. stud, shutdown D guy. He's a defensive them. guy because Fox is not. Yeah. He's the offensive guy. And yeah. and the Bruins could, you know, would you rather have right now, would you rather have Lingren or Brandon Carlo? Whew. Ryan Lingren. I think me too. Yeah, Ryan so Lingren probably. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, so that is an L. Um, Chicago Blackhawks acquire the 2019 fourth round pick for Tommy Wingles. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a draw just because I like Tommy Wingles. I don't give a shit. Me I too. Really don't. Wingles, uh, I, th- I think Wingles is pretty good. He's had some. He had he's a couple a, of gate goals yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, he did okay. Sure, he's fine. Yeah, you know, I forgot he was even on the guy. team. I know. Honestly. Tommy Wingles, I saw that and left. Yeah. Uh, all right. The Rangers acquire Adam McQuaid for Stephen Camper, 2019 fourth round pick, 2019 seventh round pick. That is now Jake Schmaltz. Um, you know what? I'm going to say that's a that's a slight win to a draw because Camper's been in the organization as a death defenseman for like three or four years. Yeah. You know, and he's serviceable. And that's in McQuaid would is out of the league. He would not have done what Camphor was able to do the last three seasons. No, he's been he's I think he's working in the in the Bruins, you know, development system now with some of the defensemen. So yeah. I, mean, I I yeah. I mean I, I think I think it's a, probably a, a a slight win or a draw. Um yeah. even though at the time I think it was probably 
probably an L. I think yeah, at the time, the, McQu- the time it wasn't well received. No, man. but McQuaid, as much as I love him, didn't do a hell of a lot. No, with the Rangers. No. Um, all right. Next uh, one is the Wild acquire Ryan Donato and a 2019 fourth round pick for Charlie Coyle. Yeah, I mean, as much as we've as much as we've crapped on um, Don Sweeney for some of these trades, and we've crapped on Charlie Coyle during this season. Right. Uh, that was, that, that was a, that was like a, that was like a slam dunk, you yeah. know, that's like trading, you know, Michael Jordan for, you know, Tim Kerr or somebody like <laughs> right. it's, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a snipe. Yeah. Snipe city. Yeah. Right that's a, that's a gigantic win. That, yeah. that, you know what? Let's count that as two wins. That's two how wins good, there. that's <laughs> how good that one is. Two wins for Donnie. Uh, all right, here could be another win. Devils acquire a 2019 second round pick. Some guy I have never heard of. In a 2020 fourth round pick from Marcus Johansson. Yeah, that was a, that was a win for sure. Was, he was very good. He was you know tremendous. I, I, am, I am open. If you can get him, last year he made a 1.5 million. I, I'm open to giving him 1.5 million to play on Coyle's line next season. Uh, give it a shot. 100% with you. Give it a shot. I'm 100% with out you. Of there and go, you Johansson, Coyle, Smith. Sure. See what you got. Yep. You know, but, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. He played with Seattle. Of course, they're a train wreck. And then he went to Washington at the deadline. Mm-hmm. And he's a free agent. And he's 31. He's not super old. No. He did okay with Coyle in the past. Yeah. If you're really fighting the cap, uh, that's a guy, sneaky, sneaky little guy right there. Yeah, that's a win, uh, and I would, I would one hundred percent welcome him back because I did think he, him and Coyle had a uh, pretty decent chemistry during okay. the, uh, you know, after the trade deadline, and, and especially during the playoffs, they were fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right, Bruins acquire Andre Kasha for David Backus, uh, minus twenty five percent of his salary. Axel Anderson, who was their former second round pick, and a two thousand twenty first round pick that is Jacob Peralt. I think Peralta's playing in the league, but I mean, to get out from Bax's contract, um, you know, you ended up move, moving Kasha. Uh, he had concussion problems here. It's probably a drive to a slight win, I would say. Yeah, uh, Peralta played one one game this year for the Ducks, so he's okay. getting there, I would assume. Uh, yeah, you had to, to get out of the contract, you had to do that. And, um, you know, Kasha was unfortunate. You You win that deal. If he if he doesn't get the concussion stuff, yeah, because he's pretty good. Yeah, um, Bruins acquire Nick Ritchie for Danton Heinen. L, yeah, that's an L. I mean, I don't miss Danton Heinen. I've said this before. Yeah. I don't really care. I don't care at all. Mm-hmm. But Nick Ritchie, <laughs> Nick Ritchie is bad enough where you just still lose the fucking trade. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just, I mean, people people were like, you know, we need the the size and the toughness. You. You can't get a guy who doesn't move. No. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't move. He can't can't get anywhere on the ice. Doesn't move. The only reason he scored is when you planted him in front of the net. Yeah. You he had he scored like eight net. power play goals early in the season and then didn't score. He had, what did he end up with in the season? Like ten goals or something like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, like very like he couldn't cool. score any goals five on five. The, the only other two goals he probably scored were off offensive zone face off wins and he got his fat ass to the net and banged the rebound in. <laughs> right. That's probably right. the only way it happened. That's so amazing. um Hein and Heinen's, you know, in Pittsburgh. Uh, they just got eliminated, but he had a he had a pretty good postseason, and yeah. uh, he's yeah. had a pretty good career since then. So, yeah. I mean, you have to say it's an L. I think helps to play with helps to play with Sid Crosby sometimes. It does, whatever. yeah. That, that um, probably Ottawa Senators acquire a 2022 third round pick. So coming up in this draft for Mike Riley. I don't know. I don't know. Because you're gonna, I mean, because right now you're gonna have to trade one of Riley and or Grizzlick, um, in this off season. So if you if you don't get at least a third rounder for him, right, then it's an L. Then it's an L. Right. <laughs> uh, and and Riley's been good at times. Uh, I think after he got him uh, after the deadline last year, he it was a pretty good trade. Uh, he played pretty well, like down the stretch. Um, this year he's been up and down. I thought he had some really good times. Uh, and some terrible times, and his stick mm-hmm. discipline is awful. Yes, yes. High yes. stick someone else, Mike. Bottom bottom pair guy who isn't physical. Like, yeah. I'm just not buying it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not into it. Yeah. Um, but if you get a third back, and you know what? You might be able to get a third back. He has some offensive skill. You know, maybe some team with a little bit of 
you know, he doesn't make, I mean, he makes 3 million bucks. It's not, not a ton. Yeah. Like maybe if you retain a million bucks, I don't know, maybe you could get a third round pick for him. You know, I, I don't know, maybe, um, but I think they should definitely move him. Um, all right. Buffalo Sabres acquire Anders Bjork and a 2021 second round pick for Curtis Lazar and Taylor Hall with half of his money retained. It is a, it might be three wins. I was going to say, if the coil to Donato is two wins, this yeah. is probably four or five wins. Yeah, this is, a, <laughs> this is a shit ton. Because not only was he really good for you after you got him, and Lazar has been excellent the whole time mm-hmm. he's been here, you were able to re-sign him to a team-friendly deal, and you have him locked in now for, what is it, three more years at six? Yeah, something like that. Three more years at six, I think. Wasn't it six times six? So it might be more than that. Was it six? I thought it was four times six. Oh, it's four times six. I think. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, he's, um, but either way, he uh, twenty twenty four twenty five. It ends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, three more years at 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 six million a year. I mean, that's 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 a huge he's the, win. He's the one hundred and eighth highest paid player in the NHL. It's pretty good for sixty points. Yeah. A dynamic player, former overall one number one overall pick, like. Yeah, guy who's you know largely been pretty good. I mean, he disappears at times, and but again, he's you know who's his center been this year? Like, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, he needs a. And I'll say this again. I said it before. The Bruins need a playmaking center. They have zero. Even with Bergeron, who I love immensely, not a playmaking guy. No, they need a playmaking set. Krejci, Savard, Oates. They need a Janney. They need a playmaking center. 100% correct. And put them on friggin' Hall's line. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, Bruins. Uh, Flames acquired Daniel Vladar for a 2022 third round pick, number 93, coming up in this draft. Win. That's a win. It's a win. Yeah. All these people that all these people like talking about Vladar. Like, yeah, he shut you out because he was pissed you traded him. But other than that, he's been trash. He stunk. Yeah. yeah. So that is a win. Yeah. You have other win. goalies in the pipeline. You you kept the right goalie. You have Swayman. Right. He played in the NHL. He played in the playoffs. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. You kept the right guy. You traded right. the right guy. That is yeah. a win. Hit, hit hit on this pick and it's it's two wins. If you yeah. Hit on this pick. Right. It is. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a no brainer. Um, the Bruins acquire Michael Callahan for a seventh round pick in 2024. So that's a win. I mean. You know, that's a guy. I guess. Like, captain. Yeah. You know? It's a win. I mean, it's a seventh round pick. I yeah. Mean, what the hell? I mean, he's, he a, want? he's a jag, probably. Yeah. And, he probably and, is. But, you know. But, yeah. I mean, local yeah. guy, some upside. You can yeah. cheer, cheer him on. Whatever. You can go You can go home early in the 2024 <laughs> draft. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> there you um, go. It's a win just for that. It's a win. You don't have to stay all seven rounds. You Check, please. Two years ago. <laughs> We're out of here. <laughs> Uh, Bruins acquire Hampus Lindholm and half a salary. Cody Curran uh, for John Moore, Eurovac and Einan, a 2022 first round pick, 23, and a two, two, 2023 second round and a 2024 second round. I think it's a win, um, especially when you gave when you got rid of John Moore's deal. It's a win. You got rid of Moore's deal. I mean, Vakaninen, I don't think he's ever going to be anything more than no. a depth defenseman, a solid right. guy. He's not offensive minded. No. Um, you know, it's the first round picks. I mean, they're later. It's later in uh, just one first round pick. It's later in just the first one, round. Yeah. Um, the second round picks, you know, those are hit or miss too. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you bring Lindholm in, in. He's the type of guy that you've been looking for for a few years. And you were able to resign him at a very reasonable contract at only yes. six and a half mil for eight eight more years. Yeah. So yeah. as long as he avoids kind of injuries and concussion problems and things like that, I think it's a I think it's a really good deal. The people who ripped this deal, like his deal of of eight years and six and a half, you don't understand that year four, five, six, seven, eight is six six and a half million is far different than it is now. Far different. The market gets corrected and it and it raises the salary cap raises, and six and a half million in year six is like five million today. Right, like it's it's just different. It's not, you know, it, and even now it's a decent deal, but 
the last half of the deal is really good. Yeah. Like plus really you can, good. you can get out at the end of the deal, you know, yeah. whether you have to buy out or move yeah. them to you a team that them. move them yeah. to a team that needs a, you know, a get to get to the cap floor or Arizona right. who can't, you know, put their own logo on the <laughs> fucking ice. at the. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Ottawa centers acquire Zach Sinitian. This is a win in a 2022 fifth round pick for Josh Brown and a 2022 seventh round pick games played condition, not met uh, because there was a condition that Sinitian would play five games and he did not. He, I think he played four. Uh, so it didn't upgrade to a sixth rounder. So it's a seventh rounder in Josh Brown. That's, that's a win just to get rid of Sinitian. I don't have to hear fucking fans talk about how he has been robbed of an opportunity any more. I agree with you 100%. Oh my fucking word. I 100%. It, it is a win. And he, I mean, it's like Ryan's, the Ryan's, Ryan Spooner people. Like he never got an opportunity to play here. He never, it's because he was terrible defensively. He was a yeah. liability on the ice and he didn't produce offensively. Skate up the wing and go 10 and 2 one more fucking time, you clown. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, they, they, this last two coaches that they've had, Julian even more defensive-minded, but Cassie also a defensive structure. You're not going to play that way here. You're not going to play that way here. So Sinitian was the 13th pick in the draft, or whatever, the 14th 15th, pick in the draft, what the hell it was. Yeah. You're, not, you're going to give him every opportunity. You're not going to give him 14 games in the league because you just don't like the guy or you just, you know, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do it. Maybe we should. You're going to give him every opportunity for that not to be a friggin' bust. He never had great was. seasons in Providence. He oh. never had a great season in Providence. He never he put up like play. 30 in Providence. <laughs> no. Like if you can't score at the AHL level as a no. first round pick, you, you have no chance. He, he you're not a, play. you're not a bottom six guy. That's not. Your job, that wasn't what you were brought in for. That's not your job. You're, you're not brought in to be a role player. You're brought in to score. And he yeah. couldn't score at the AHL level. What no. makes you think he's going to do it in the best hockey league in the world? Get a fucking clue. Best year was 19 goals this past year because he'd been in the league for, been in the AHL for five years. Yeah, but still, 19 goals. Of course, got a few goals. 19 goals, though. What does that translate to at the NHL levels? Yeah. Nine? So yeah. that you're a bottom you're a bottom fucking six guy. They yeah. don't want you as a bottom defend. six guy because you can't yeah. defend. You're not no. physical. You don't win board battles. All you can do is skate. Right. Fuck's sake. Yeah, that that's it. That's a that's win. It. Get the fuck out of here. That's a win. That's a win. So that was a you know, so more wins lately. Yes. Didn't start well. Didn't. More wins lately. I'll tell you, he made seven trades as soon as he got here. As a GM, like as soon as he took over that post, he made seven trades. Lucic, Hamilton, Soderberg, like he cleaned house and he didn't win. No, he didn't. He cleaned he house, but he didn't. Maybe it was like a locker room culture thing. I mean, Dougie yeah. was a was a pill. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know about Soderberg Luch towards was the angry Swede. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know about Luch towards the end. Soderberg was the angry Swede. I, I mean, I think it was a mistake to get rid of a guy of his size and and, you know, even though he had one eye, he had ability. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that was I think that was a mistake to uh, to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, it got better as it went along. But st- but still, <laughs> but but still, it was uh, it, it wasn't great early. It's getting better, or it has gotten better. You know, especially look look. You can criticize a guy for a lot of things. You know, the drafting, the development. Some of those trades, clearly, you can. But he also made two of the better trades in Bruins history with the yeah. Coil trade for Donato, who's bounced yeah. around and hasn't done anything, and the Hall trade alone. Like, those two trades alone, um, you know, I would say outweigh the bad ones that he's made, with the exception maybe of Dougie. Boy, how badly did, they, did the Sabres want to get rid of Hall to take on Anders Bjork, who can't play in the league? Yeah. In in a second round pick. Well, I think God knows what the hell that well, was. Well, I think because Hall had the no trade, he kind of he kind of oh, he dictated. St- it. Yeah, he kind of steered his way to Boston, Jeez. just just like Giroux steered his way to Florida this this offseason. Because right. I think the Bruins were in oh. there, and Giroux yeah. said no. So right. you know, I mean, part of the credit on that one, I think, goes to Hall rather than Sweeney, because right. the yeah. the, Sweeney, the Buffalo yeah, GM, kind of yeah, the yeah. Buffalo GM's hands are tied. 
um, all Sweeney has to do is, is pull the trigger and not give up too many assets. And he, right. and he did fine. So yeah, good, yeah. good job. But yeah. majority of the credit on that one, I think probably goes to Hall still. Absolutely. All right. We're going to go win, lose, or draw next uh, episode on the free agent signings. You, you, you wait for this one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, no. I, I look into the free agent signings just quickly, and they have not signed a big free agent in his tenure. You know, Craig Smith, Eric Holla, yeah, Yaroslav Halak, like, uh, and, you know, are the, are the biggest ones. They the most, most years for... It was at the time, but... That was a bad free agent class. Yeah. He was coming off a huge postseason. Terrible signing. I think the most years at the time, right, is is still Allmark, four years? Four years, yeah, the most. Most, most years. They, yeah. I mean, they tried like hell for Tavares, but he was, he was going home all, all the time, I think. They tried. Um, but, yeah. That, yeah, that was really their one kind of, you know, making a, yes. making so a decent. So anyone clamoring for Trocek or Malkin or Goudreau or, or Giroux, I'd pump the brakes on that. It's not that's not his history of of, of doing that. Plus, they only have like five and chains cap room right now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, all right, time for beauties and benders. The season beauties. My three beauties. Number three, Patrice Bergeron had another great year. One of his best years. I was looking at his stats. Probably like his third best season he's ever really had. Uh, another Selkie should be coming to him. That would be his fifth. Most uh, ever a great year, and and hopefully he he stays another year at, at least. So he 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 actually uh, Bergeron too uh, broke Wayne Gretzky's record for most consecutive years nominated for an award. Uh, wow. Gretzky's was, I believe, the heart, the heart. so it's a little different, <laughs> right? Uh, but still, eleven straight yeah. years he's he was wow. nominated for the Selkie. Can you imagine 11 made the years top in a three, row? eleven years in a row. Top Con- three, eleven years consistently in a row. good. Yeah, just. Probably one of the, I, I mean, I was talking about this earlier and, and maybe we'll get into it a little bit more in the off season, but I believe he's one of, one of, if not the best two way forward of all time. He could be, I mean, he's up just shy of a thousand points. I mean, I'd have to look at, there's some, some guys, guys who have guys, maybe yeah. had a little bit better individual seasons, but over time, right. I think, right. I think it might be him. Like Sergey Fedorov's had some really, really good. Oh yeah. Like he two dynamic. Yeah. And he was dynamic yeah. offensively too. Which Bergeron, you know, is good offensively, but he's not as dynamic as a guy like Fedorov. But right. uh, if you want to talk about complete body of work, I think you're talking about maybe the best two-way forward of all time. And the one thing about Bergeron was that he got better with age, like especially yeah. offensively. Like, yeah, he did. Offense, and I know we play with really good players and stuff, but in Marchand and Pasternak and so forth. But he was was not projected to be this type of offensive player well, at all. No, Claude Claude kind of had him taking more defensive zone draws and used him more as in a defensive role. Right. And, and Cassie right. kind of took the, uh, took the, the chains off and let him play offensive right. hockey. And, and that kind of helped him right. blossom. Right. I mean, Julian wants to win zero zero. So yeah, he does. That's a big problem. Uh, and then number two, David Pasternak had a great year, death of his infant son. It was really emotional as his, his uh, um, postseason press conference and he's headed to Chechia uh, to hopefully have a really good uh, world championships there, but he had 40 goals second time in his career. He's had 40 plus goals um, battled through all of that in a, uh, in an injury to his chest. He said he took a uh, injury to his chest um, late in the year mm-hmm. and still had a really good season. So he's number two and then number one, Brad Marchand that he had, Boy, a tumultuous season at times, up and down, roller coaster, a couple of suspensions. We thought he might win the heart at one point, and then he really dipped at the end of the year with 15 games where he just wasn't himself. Now we kind of know why, shoulder and a hip, and but he still had more than a point per game, and, and is still, like you said, the tone center for the team. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, so my uh, season beauties, I have Pasternak, number three, same thing, 40 goals, second time he's done that, having a deal – with the uh, absolute tragedy of losing, you know, your infant son and, and still being able to go out and, and produce and perform at a, at a very high level, commendable, uh, really mm-hmm. was. Um, number two, I have Martian, same reason you said, uh, you know, look at the beginning of the season. My prediction was, you know, he would be a hard finalist, um, right. more than a point per game. He uh, sets the tone for the team, like I said, um, and and had a really good year overall. You, there were you know a couple of blips and and some you know 
problems there towards the end with uh with maybe a little bit of an injury but um you know overall he's he's really the heart and soul of the team i would say uh and then number one i have charlie mcavoy had a fantastic season 10 goals um you know high highest amount there had 56 points on the air his highest total there kind of uh coming into his own sets the tone for the for the team physically competes great getting pucks out of his own end has great vision in in the offensive zone he probably would have had more assists if, if some of these uh forwards could finish a little bit better um but uh you know he's going to be a pillar back there for for a long long time um so i thought he had a, a really good year overall and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing um you know kind of how, what he'll blossom into uh in the next few seasons and I think definitely having Lindholm with him is a big key too. That's a that's a really good top pair. Then now McAvoy can kind of do his thing. So mm-hmm. looking forward to it too. All right, time for the season benders. Uh, number three bender for me, Craig Smith. Face, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. Uh, just on a great, he had 16 goals, you know, but in maybe a six or seven week period where that line played pretty well. But overall, this was a really st- tough season and. And in his post game postseason uh, press conference, when he said that he was fine physically, that made me even more concerned. <laughs> yeah, because I thought he was battling something all year, and he just he says he isn't, and that's almost more concerning to me uh, with Smith. And he's going to need to have a bounce back year, or they're going to look to you know maybe look to deal him, but he's going to have to to give them something more this this next season for sure. Uh, number two, Trent Frederick. Face, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. My whipping boy had, again, uh, just like Smith, a six- or seven-week stretch where he was starting to do okay. He actually scored eight goals, I think. Um, but uh, he really struggles to skate. It was a really telling, I think, against Carolina where his skating ability just wasn't up to par with, with the Hurricanes. And he'll have a really hard time competing in a playoff scenario uh, with his skill level and development. He has one more year left on a $1 million deal. And then we'll see what goes on from there. But there's an upgrade there at, uh, you know, uh, third line left wing for sure, I would say. And is Marcus Johansson? Could be that guy. All right, number one, Nick Felino. Face, you're a neo-maxi-zoomed dweeby. Great guy. Loved in the community. Loved by the team. Just stinks. <laughs> just not, just not, just, just, you know, you could love a guy and have him be a terrible coworker. And Nick Felino just can't get it done right now. He just, and if that contract is an albatross, I mean, if it was a, you know, a couple of years at a million and a half or something, it would be much more, much easier to swallow. Mm-hmm. But at 3.8, yeah. it's really tough. It is. It is yes. really tough. Um, my season benders are your season benders. But in a different order. <laughs> nice. So, so for me, number three, Trent Frederick. Face, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. What you said. Number two, Craig Smith. Face, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. Uh, what you said again. And number one <laughs> is Nick Felino. Face, you're a neo maxi zoom dweeby. 1.75, million dollars per goal. Super. Yes. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Yeah. That's and since, and since, and since Josh Brown didn't play enough games, he's a slam dunk winner of the number one bender. You know, he's just he just had a bad year. Had a bad year. Uh, like I said at the time, I was for the signing. I thought he would add some grit and some physicality uh, to to that room. I thought he would add some leadership. He may have added those things, but he did not add any production to go along with it. So yeah. it was a, a giant L, and uh, now you have, you're on the hook for, what is it? Is it two more years or just one more? It's one more year. One more, 3.8. Yeah. So they can buy out this year and save like a million bucks or something, which they might do. They may. Uh, two, but two goals and 11 assists for 13 points is yeah. just I mean, not what you're looking for. Not at all. Not at all. So, uh, um, yeah. So those are our season vendors. Nice. Uh, all right, Bruins Benders poll time. What is the biggest need for the Bruins this off season? Top six center, sixty-seven percent. Secondary scoring, eighteen percent. Physical defenseman, fifteen percent. And how about this? Top six wing, zero. Not one of the hundred and twenty votes was for like a top right wing. Because I think they probably think DeBrus is staying. 
Yeah, well, or, so. or or Fabian Lysel is going to come in and and yeah, set the league on that, fire. I'd pump the brakes on. that. I would pump the brakes on that as I well. Mean, he's small. He's not very good defensively. He has a lot to learn. He's small, dude. Like he's small. He's dynamic. He has some great skill. Mm-hmm. He has a little bit of you know. He's kind of a dink. Like he, he, I saw him just completely lose his mind in a game with Vancouver Giants in the playoffs, where he was just like fight trying to fight guys and everything. Fine. Fine, but he's small and he has a lot to learn before he gets to the NHL level and play top, top line right wing. Right. I mean, my God. Yeah. So I'd pump the brakes on that. But, I would too. Um, yeah. So I, I was a little bit surprised uh, in that uh, those results. All right, around the league predictions. What uh, what say you? Uh, around the league. All right. So uh, Rangers, Carolina. I'm going to say Carolina in six. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay, Florida. I'm going to say Florida in seven. Okay. St. Louis, Colorado. I'm going to say Colorado in six. Mm-hmm. And Calgary, Edmonton. I'm going to say Calgary in six. Okay. I'll take Carolina in five, Florida in six, Colorado in five, Calgary in seven. Excellent. Yeah. I, I think uh, they're going to have Calgary, Colorado. Which would be a really good series. Colorado's such a wagon, though. It Jesus. would be. Like, oh, man. Uh, and then Carolina, Florida, which I thought was going to be the Eastern Conference Finals from the beginning. So mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see if that shakes out. Go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also on YouTube. Download the Inside the Rink app. And next week on the episode, we will have our off-season outlook and what the Bruins may do, what we might want them to do and look at and so forth. So join us next week as well. We appreciate everyone listening. Have a great week and go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.